0: You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's word in practical ways. Let's listen in.
1: Come on, good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here with us. I'm glad that you're watching online. Welcome to Church Online. If you like what you're watching today, click the share button, that always means a lot interact with the people that are moderating today. We want to hear from you, hear what God's doing in your life. We want to make sure that you know you're not alone, but you're connected as a church, even if you're not able to be with us inside the room, though we would prefer that. Somebody say amen. Amen. So (laughs) I'm glad that you're here with us. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, 1 John chapter 5. As you're turning there, I want to say thank you for your generosity. Many of you are standing behind us financially. You're able to support this ministry. We survived completely off of your financial support, and I want to say thank you. Um, this past week, we were able to minister to a ministry called Expectant Heart. If you don't know Ms. Chanel and Expectant Heart, you need to get to know them. Uh, but i just tell you this. If you have strong feelings and you are a, a big pro-choice person and you don't support ministries like Expectant Heart, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to hear it. Because these people are actually stepping in, bringing resources to people that are struggling in their pregnancies, and we need to bring help to people that are ministering and doing great things there. And so we were able to give 318 moms diapers and wipes and formula here in the city of Longview that needed some help. That's only through your generosity. We watched eight of those mothers accept Christ, and that's a big deal. Changing lives, changing lives. That's only possible because of your generosity, thank you for that. We also saw at Highway 80 Rescue Mission 11 men responding to the gospel this past Friday night. That's a big deal. That's an answer to a lot of prayers, and so I just wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you for standing with us with your finances. It means a lot to a lot of people who aren't here to say thank you themselves, so thank you for that. Uh, 1 John chapter five. I wanna bring a message today called The Problem With No. Somebody said No. <laughs> I think all of us like to say the word word no. None of us like to hear the word no. Like, don't you tell me no. I am an American, not a American. Mexican, not a Mexican. Don't tell me we can't. Don't tell me no. I don't like to hear the word no. And it starts from the moment that you say your first words, in between mama and dada, is the word no. It's amazing how long it takes for us to learn the word yes. But the word no comes really natural to us. No. And I think we've, we've developed this, uh, this style of parenting that we don't want to tell our kids no anymore. We don't put that negative context on our children. They don't need to be told no. They need to be given options. And I get that. But I was told no a lot. As a matter of fact, sometimes I was slapped upside the head just for asking. I learned that I have a problem with no. It's painful right here. It's painful when I'm, I have a flat back of my head. It looks like I hit with a stack of books because of it. I'm just telling you. The problem with No, you know, if you don't hear the word no, you become spoiled and entitled. You start throwing fits. And I think many of us in our relationship with the Lord don't know what to do when God says no, when God says, I'm not doing that, because it doesn't fall in line with our view of who we believe God to be. But God, you love me. You ever had a kid when you tell them no, they said, but you don't love me. Not that you would ever do that to God. No, no, no. You're not the spoiled and entitled one. They're the spoiled and entitled one. They need some discipline, not us. We're Americans. But you must not love me. You told me, no, I want it. Give it to me. What happens when what you want contradicts God's word? What happens when what you want contradicts God's will? In that moment, do you still get what you want or do you submit to the authority of what God's word says? Therein lies the problem. We don't like to be told no. And our faith falls apart when God doesn't do what we think he should do. We have a problem with the word no. I think many of us, when, uh, when God doesn't come through the way that we think he should come through, when God says no, we have, a, we have an issue because it messes with our theology, so we start coming back with scripture. No, no, no. God, God will give me what I want. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. All I got to do is name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, and it is mine. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy, right? <laughs> we like it until God says no, until the, the healing doesn't come, until the sickness doesn't, when it, when it doesn't go away. And, all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. That's not the God I serve. He loves me. He's going to do it. He has to do it. In those scenarios, let me just ask you, who is God? Who's God? What happens when God says no? And let me just tell you, let me preface this by saying, God loves to say yes. There are plenty of times as you get to know the Lord where God says absolutely. But you also have to be prepared when he says no. 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 But I know scriptures. I know scriptures. I can quote scriptures back to God. And I will, st- I will stand on this word. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'll stand on the word. I want to I look at 1 John chapter 5 and kind of help to see in context the scriptures that we pull out of context and try to stand on them that they don't work when God says no. Look at this in 1 John chapter 5. John writes, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. We just talked about the name of the Son of God. Somebody say his name. He says, I'm writing to people that believe in the power of the name of Jesus. Right? That's a big deal to understand what he's talking about and who he's talking to. I write these things to to those of you who believe in the name, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. life. That's That's a big part of the context of this scripture, he says, I want you to know, if you believe in the power of Jesus' name, if you've called upon his name, if you've made him the Lord of your life, this is what God has given you, eternal life. He says, and this is the confidence, somebody say confidence, that we have in approaching God, not demanding of God, but in the approach. This is the confidence we have approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, somebody say his will. will. Say it again. His will. will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, right? He hears us. He hears us. You need to understand it and and believe it that God will always listen. He always hears. But doesn't always tell you yes but he always hears. This is the confidence that he hears us, and whatever we ask, what we, know, we know that we have what we've asked of him. Now, if we're looking at that scripture, and we only focus on what we want to see, we see whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Let's just start with that. We have what we asked of him. And then we look over at Mark chapter 11 and recognize that this is Jesus saying something similar. He says, whatever you ask in prayer, Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I like that scripture. I like it a lot. I'll take that scripture and claim it over the lottery. What happens when you didn't win the Powerball? You didn't give $1.1 billion. Now, what happens when you didn't get all, you're like, well, I would have tithed. I believed it. I just didn't receive it. What happened? <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to focus on the things that are most important in 1 John chapter 5. The thing that we have to recognize before you look at anything else that applies to your needs. Look at this. The most important thing to recognize here is that my greatest need has already been met by Jesus and everything else pales in comparison. He's already given me what I needed most. What did I need? I needed a savior. I needed grace. I needed Jesus. God's greatest gift met my need. Here's another thing that we need to make sure that we see is that Jesus' blood gives us unprecedented access to God. He says we have this confidence in approaching God that we can ask things according to his will and he'll hear us and he'll give us what we're asking for. Why? Because we're asking according to his will and we know that we are the sons of God. We believe in the power of his name, not my name. It's not about what I demand of him, but about what he wants. Those are the things for us to see is the access that we have to our Father and what God has already given us. But instead, we choose to focus on, hey, I, I asked for it. I believe it. I'm going to receive it. That's all fine and good. That sounds great until God says no. Until God says, that's not what I want for you. But why are you punishing me by telling me no? Uh, 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 no uh, what do we say? No is not punitive. doesn't mean God doesn't like you. It doesn't mean he's punishing you because he says no. The question is, can we trust him when he doesn't do what we think he ought to do? You know, when we isolate those scriptures and build bad theology around those verses, it's devastating when God says no. It's devastating when the breakthrough doesn't come. It's devastating to us when the cancer doesn't go away. It's devastating when the the spouse doesn't come back. It's devastating when the addicted person overdoses and dies, but God, I believed and received, but I didn't receive. I thought I was there. I thought I had it. I thought I believed. Let me, let me just show you that that's a, it's a false formula that we put together in our minds based on some bad theology that tells me all I have to do is ask and believe and I'll receive. Ask, believe, and receive. Ask, believe, receive. And then God says, No, that doesn't fit within my formula. <laughs> I didn't receive. You know, there's only two possibilities left for us to hang our faith on when God says no. And we've only understood these verses. The only two possibilities are either I didn't believe enough or there is no God. And I've seen so many people, I've seen their faith walk get shipwrecked when the healing doesn't come. When what they believed and asked for, what they fasted for, what they prayed about, what they got counseling for, what they, once, they, once they really pressed in, when those things don't happen, when, and they fall apart. There is no God, or I have no faith. When it's all dependent upon you, who's God? What happens when God says, no, no? Let me just tell you, this is actually not a, not a new thing, but this, uh, this idea of just ask, believe, and receive, just, just name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, just speak it into existence, and God has to manifest it. That idea uh, started actually coming into the church in about 1902 or 1903, based off of a book written by a New Age writer called James Allen. James Allen wrote a book called As a Man Thinketh. And James... Alan decided I'm gonna take all the research from, from Buddhism and Hinduism and Taoism and, and Greeks and the Romans, all their wisdom and knowledge and kind of boil it down and then try to take some scripture and see where I can put them together and see if, if people like this new way of thinking. And he talks about the power of your mind. And if you just take your thoughts and you make your thoughts do this, then you're gonna receive these things. Let me just tell you, I, I, I get what you're trying to say. And if there is a choice between positive thoughts and negative thoughts, go with the positive If there's a choice between good words and negative words, hey, speak life. Speak faith. Speak hope. Those are good things. But there's a big difference between what you speak and what God speaks. Let me remind you, there is great power in our words to bless, to curse, to speak life, and to encourage. But we cannot speak and make God do what he has determined not to do. You're not God. He gets to choose what he wants to do. But that doesn't line up with our theology if I just ask, believe, and receive. God has to do what I want to do. What happens when God says no? It doesn't matter how much you said it. doesn't matter how much you believed it. doesn't matter how much you fasted or demanded. God still said no. Why? Because he's a good father. And you would do the same with your children. Now, you would not do the same with your grandchildren. Whatever the grandchildren want, that's what they get. They need it. Get, let them have it. 14 donuts never hurt nobody. I'm still shocked at what grandparents do to, to their children versus their grandchildren, right? That, that's a whole different set of discipline. But when it's your children, we, we want what's best for them. And sometimes what's best is by saying, no, that's not for you. You don't need that. You're not mature enough to handle that. That's something we don't like to hear. Right? But it's true. There are things that you would not give to an 11-year-old that you might give to an 18-year-old. You don't give them car keys at 11. Like, you don't know what you're doing. I've played GTA. Like, why are you playing GTA? <laughs> Let me say it this way. Uh... When we believe that we can name it and claim it, I can just think about it and it has to come to pass. I can manifest things with my thoughts, and that God's ultimate plan for me is to be healthy and wealthy. If if that's your theology, let me tell you, you've got a major problem with what Jesus spoke to his disciples and what happened to his disciples. Because we don't see that play out in the New Testament or the Old Testament. God's ultimate plan for you is not your wealth. It's not your health. Are those things important? Yes. That's not his ultimate plan for you. It's your holiness and a relationship with you of trust. It's for you to become a mature believer who's able to withstand things like COVID and vaccines and things like elections and protests when you don't get your way or you don't agree theologically or politically. What happens when... The world doesn't line up with your belief system and you start pointing fingers at everybody else and your faith goes out the back because you want to scream at somebody else to get, get your opinion right and you guys need to see it the way I see it. We have a hard time submitting to the authority of God's word when it doesn't agree with us. What happens when it contradicts what you want? Who wins? Do we only pick the scriptures that we like or do we choose instead to say, God, I trust you. Let me remind you that instead of the shallow theology of telling God what you want, instead connect with his heart through word and worship and the Holy Spirit to develop a, a deeper trust. A deeper trust. Let me just let me give you three things and I'll I'll finish with this. Um, if you're a, if you're a note taker, you're gonna want down, you're gonna want to write down these three things. They're gonna help you when you hear the word no. Now I know you don't think that God will ever say no to you, but trust me, he's probably gonna say no today. <laughs> there might be something that you're praying for that God said no. And in those moments, don't throw a fit. I need you to understand what the word no means biblically so we can process through what it means to be in a relationship with a good father that disciplines those that he loves, that takes care of us, that knows our needs before we ask, and a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We like that scripture until we realize that what I ask and what I think might be contradictory to God's word. God says, my thoughts are are above your thoughts. My ways are above your ways. I need you to trust me. You might not like what I'm doing. You might not understand what I'm doing. You might not agree with what I'm doing, but it's for your good. You still with me? What does it mean when God says no? I want to help us to understand what no means by helping us to understand what no doesn't mean. Here's what, what, what no doesn't mean. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this. A no does not mean I'm not loved. Better give me what I want, or that means you don't love me. Like that, that's not what that means. When God says no, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. I want to remind you of a couple things. Uh, number one, uh, Paul prayed to Jesus s- several times about the thorn in his flesh. Now, we don't really know what that is, but it says multiple times he asked God to take this away, and God says, no, 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 my grace is sufficient for you. God told Paul, no, when he needed healing, when he needed help, God said, no. Why? My grace is sufficient for you. Does that mean Paul wasn't loved? No, of course he's loved. David himself prayed that his child would live and his child died. Does that mean David wasn't loved? No. The Bible calls David a man after God's own heart because he loved God in spite of the loss of a child. Few things in life are more difficult to process than that. Does that mean you're not loved when God didn't do what you thought he should do? No. Jesus himself, before he goes to the cross, he says, Lord, nevertheless, if it's, if it's possible, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to have to do this. You think Jesus wasn't loved? No, not at all. It goes on to say that as Jesus is hanging on a cross, the voice of God thunders over his son and said, this is my beloved son. And whom I am well pleased. Why? Because he chose my will over what his flesh didn't want to walk through. A no does not mean I am unloved. Max Lucado, a famous speaker and writer, by the way, he's speaking at High Ridge Fort Worth today. They were gonna to ask to simulcast it in. I'm like, nah, my people don't wanna hear Max Lucado. They wanna hear me. <laughs> but we're gonna record it. And one of these days, if I, if I don't feel like preaching, I'll be like, hey, you guys can watch this. It's amazing, but... He has a great quote that says, God loves us too much to indulge our every whim. And I want to remind you of that. God loves you too much to indulge you. Touch number one of what no doesn't mean. It, does, it, it, it doesn't mean I'm not loved. Here's number two. A no does not mean that I don't have faith. And I want to make sure that you see this. Because this is extremely important when God says no, when the miracle doesn't come, when the relationship doesn't get mended, when the diagnosis doesn't change, it doesn't mean that you didn't have the faith to change it. I want to remind you that Jesus says, all you need is a little bit of faith. A little bit. And this mountain can move. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. Sometimes it means God just said no. Paul was called to go on a, a missionary journey. And right in the middle of it, God says, you're not going there, go left. And you know what he did? He went left. He went left. He said, the Holy Spirit said no. So he submitted. He said, you know better than me. I don't get it. That's where I was going. I had the faith to believe that that's where you're leading me. But you took a left and I'm, I'm trusting you. A no doesn't mean I'm not loved. A no doesn't mean I don't have faith. And this is what happens when, the, when we don't get the diagnosis that we want, when the, the end result is not what we prayed for. I think we've, we've been foolishly led to believe I must not have had enough faith. I just didn't have enough. Because I know scriptures like James 1.8 that says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Well, I guess I just doubted. And I've watched as pastors spoon feed that to people in the worst moments of their life. You gotta believe and not doubt. Believe and not doubt. It's kind of difficult right now because it's not changing. What if God says no? Hmm. Let me remind you, I'm not just telling you that God always says no, he doesn't. There's many times where God says yes, and I have the faith enough to believe when God says yes, you have not seen some of the things that I've seen. I'm telling you, I'm a man of faith. I believe that when God says yes and does powerful things, it'll blow your mind. I've watched as paralyzed people got up and walked, paralyzed from the chest down, stood up in the middle of a night of worship and started walking. You ever seen that? I bet you haven't. I saw it. I saw a guy that could not walk. He's paralyzed. He's paralyzed. He started walking. I saw another person got prayed for that got cured of AIDS when there was no cure. Full-blown AIDS, and all of a sudden, it's gone instantly. No medication, just prayer. I saw that happen. I've seen barren wombs open up, and children come where doctors says, you cannot have a baby. It's physically impossible. Like, yeah, there's kids over there right now that we prophesied and prayed over that are alive and breathing because our God is the God of the impossible. Let me tell you, we're people of faith. We believe that when God says yes, you can't stop it. But when God says no, can you trust it? Yeah, so good. I have faith to believe that God can. But I also have trust to keep loving him when he doesn't. I want to leave that on the screen for just a moment for you to get a chance to let that sink into your heart. Because you're going to have moments where you have to know both. I believe my God can, but I'll trust him if he doesn't. And we see this echoed in the Old Testament as the three Hebrew children are thrown into the fiery furnace. And the king says, look, I'm going to kill you if you don't bow down and worship this idol. They said, no, our God is able to save us from that. And even if he doesn't, I'm still not doing it. I have faith to believe that God can. I have trust when he says no. I know better. A no doesn't mean I'm not loved. A no doesn't mean that I don't have faith. Point number three, and I'll finish up with this today. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. This is the most important. What a no doesn't mean. Number three, a no doesn't mean never. Those words are completely different. No doesn't mean never. Sometimes God says no, and what he means is wait. Or sometimes he says no is like not in the way that you think. I got something better in mind. But I've I've got something better in mind. Just, Just do what I want, and my way is better, God. Don't you understand me? I want this kind of miracle. Just give me this kind of miracle. Heard a story one time of a guy that had been, um, had been declared uh, uh, dead. And the doctor came in and tells the family, look, he's, he's brain dead. It's not going to happen. And they begin to pray, and the, the monitors come back to life. This guy starts brain activity. Here comes the heart. And a few weeks later, he's up and walking around. And the doctor said, hey, that's a miracle. He said, good, because I don't have to pay you now. <laughs> God did it, not you. I don't know if that theologically works out. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it was a great story. But a no doesn't mean never. I want to remind you of this. When, uh, when Moses sinned, the Bible says that God told him, you're, because of that, you're not entering the promised land. The answer is no. Now, that doesn't mess, that doesn't sit right with my mind. It messes with me because I'm like, but that's the promised land and God doesn't break promises. You made me a promise and all of a sudden I, I made a mistake and now, now the answer is No. And he pleads with God to change his mind. And by the way, Moses, there's times where he talked to God and God changed his mind. He's called a friend of God. Abraham is called a friend of God. And, and Abraham speaks to God and God changes his mind about the destruction of a city. But look at this. Moses asked God to go into the promised land. And look what God says in Deuteronomy 3. The Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me and said, that's enough. Do not speak to me anymore about this matter. You can't tell me that that's not the heart of a father. Because I have said that I don't know how many times. No, we're not going to Disneyland. Don't ask me about this again. Why? You don't love me. We're broke. What do you mean? You said ask, believe, and receive. That's, that's from God. That's not from me. I can't. Moses said, the Lord was angry with me. He said, I don't, don't want to hear it. Shut up. Can you imagine hearing that from the Lord? Don't speak to me again about this. Okay. Most of us are like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What happens when God says, no, don't ask me? That sounds pretty final to me. Does it not you? But I want to remind you of this. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus goes and he's transfigured before his disciples, the disciples said, we saw Jesus, we saw Elijah, and we saw, ooh, Moses in the promised land with Jesus and Elijah. What God had said no to didn't mean never. This mean not in the way that you think. I got something more powerful in mind. You're not not going with all these people that have been disobedient to you for the past 40 years. I'm gonna send you over there with Jesus. Sometimes no doesn't mean never. I wanna remind you of the goodness of God. When God's word contradicts your will, who wins? If God's word says this is wrong, do you still do it? And make God agree with you? When God's will for your life says don't do that, but I still want it. Who wins out in that? I want to give you the strength today. I want to encourage you to trust in his goodness, his goodness over what you want. He's a good father that knows your needs before you ask. And sometimes if we just trust him, you'll see something so much better. And I want to finish up with this to make make sure that you see this. I'll put this on the screen so you can read it, but without exception, God's no is always better than what I'm asking for. It's always better, always, always, always. There is no exception. When God says no, it's always better to take his no over your yes. You still with me, is that okay? If God's word says no, this is wrong, this is sin, that no leads to something better for you. As we're finishing up today, I want to just speak to the people who have been walking through a season where you've been hearing a lot of no's. That's not, what, that's not what I'm doing in your life. That's not what I want for you. That may be not according to my will. My word says don't do that. It, it, I want to encourage those who've been hearing no. I encourage you that God loves his children. God disciplines those he loves Sometimes the most loving thing that a parent can ever say to a kid is, no, you don't need that. You want that, you don't need it. I know you think you need it, but there's a difference between your wants and your needs. I'm a good father, and I'll give to you what you need when you need it. But I have, I have your maturity in mind. I have your future in mind. So what happens when your will and God's will collides? What happens when your will and God's word collide? Can you submit and believe that what he has in mind for you is better than what you're asking him for? That's the mark, I believe, of a true disciple. You see, when we foolishly believe that God's ultimate plan for me is my health and wealth, we don't don't do too well when things like 2020 happen, when markets crash, when 401ks are gone, when you're when your raise doesn't come and you lose your job. When you don't get the diagnosis that you wanted. When the spouse doesn't come back. When the addicted person doesn't get set free. There's a big problem. I've seen more people walk away from God in tough times than at any other stage of their life. Things that they asked God for, believed Him for. And God said no. And I deal with this constantly as a pastor of Some amazing people, some great friends that had a strong relationship with God until his word contradicted their will. And it's like, no, I I I can't do that. I want to remind you of the goodness of God. I want to remind you of the power of God. I want to remind you that his ways are higher than your ways, his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God's a good father, and good fathers sometimes say no, and it's still good. It's still good. So for anybody walking through a situation like that, I want to just pray for you today. I want to encourage you and strengthen you in your faith with the Lord. I want to remind you of his goodness and his sufficiency. Remind you that God loves you. Remind you that you are not a spoiled, entitled group of believers. We are submitted to the authority of our Father. We trust him, even if we don't get what we want. We believe in him. Even if conditions aren't perfect. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Would you put away your phones and notes for just a moment. I want to invite you just to to cast your cares upon the Lord and say, Lord, I I trust you. If you're saying no with this, I trust you. If you're saying yes, I trust you, but I want you to know that I see it and I'm bringing my needs to you. I believe that you can do more with this situation than I can and that your thoughts and your ways are, are better than mine. And so if it's not the way that I want, I submit. If it's not according to my will, then Lord, I I wanna make sure that you know it's your will that I want. What do you want? I trust you. I don't have a problem with no. I know that still means that you love me. I'll still believe in you. That doesn't mean never. It just may mean different. I trust you. I trust you. I wanna pray for every person walking through a difficult season where things are not working out the way that you thought they should work out. And if that's you, by the way, if you're, if you're watching today online, go ahead and type in the chat, like, hey, that, that's me. I needed that. If you're here today in person and I'm speaking to you and you recognize that this is, this, this is for you, do me a favor. Just lift up your hand all over across this place and that, that's me. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of hands up. I wanna pray for you. Father, right now to every person walking through a difficult season, Father, I just pray that you would minister to them in a fresh and powerful way. That you would help us to be led by you and by your spirit through the seasons where it's not easy, where the climb gets hard, where the decisions get difficult, where we don't understand. Father, help us to be led by you, led by your spirit. Help us to be obedient to your word, to submit to the authority of your will and what you say. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. We are your church. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We belong to you. It's what you say, not what I want. Lord, we echo the words of your servant. We echo the words of your son. Not my will. Your will be done. I trust you. Come on, can you just say that to him today? I trust you, Lord. I trust you for a healing. It doesn't have to look like what I think it should look like. I trust you for restoration. It doesn't have to look like what I think it needs to look like. I trust you for freedom. I trust you for deliverance. I trust you for hope. Those things don't have to line up with what I want. They have to line up with the authority of your word and what you want. I trust you. I trust you. In sickness and health. For better or worse, I trust you. In Jesus' name with heads bowed and eyes closed. Perhaps you're watching today or you're here in the room and you're saying, Pastor, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. You may have been in a relationship with him before and walked away from him and you know that today is a day where you're coming home and and I just wanna help you do that. If you want a relationship with Jesus, if you wanna take that first step, if you wanna come home to him, let me just, let me lead you in a prayer. Let me tell you what to say, where to take the first step. It's It's about praying a prayer and the prayer goes like this. Just pray with me right where you are. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came and died and rose from the grave so that I could have life too and forgiveness for all of my sins. I invite you to be my boss, to take over. Be my Savior, be my Lord. I give my life to you right now in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, If that was you, I want to invite you to take a step of faith. If you actually prayed that prayer, do me a favor. If you're in this room, go ahead and lift your hand all over this place if you would. I see you. Good, good. If you're watching online, go ahead and type that in the chat. That was me. I I prayed that prayer today. And once you've responded in that way, I want to invite you to take the next step. It's by text. Easiest thing to do is to text me number's 844 HRC text. It should be appearing on your screen right now. Text the words, I prayed. If you do that, I'm gonna send you some links to help you understand what's happening in your heart and what God wants you to do next. It would be my greatest, greatest encouragement to you to help you take those next steps of faith because somebody did it for me. I'm forever grateful. Good for you, I'm proud of you. High Rich family, go ahead and look up at me if you would and stand to your feet. We have many responding to the gospel today and we think that's an amazing thing. Come on, let's applaud that together. (laughs) If you're watching online, you like what you see, click the share button, share it with your social media friends. For everyone else that's here in the room and those that are watching as well, I wanna invite you to a special event happening September the 15th right here in Longview at the Belcher Center. It's called Unite, where churches, instead of competing against each other, start working together to bring hope to our city. And let me just tell you, that is not without some spiritual warfare. It's not without some sparks flying. That's okay. Iron sharpens iron and sparks fly when it happens. But we are working together to bring the good of believers to this city. It is amazing what we can do when we don't care who gets the credit. When we put our money and our faith and our resources and our gifts together, this city has no idea what's about to hit it. I want you to be a part of that. So tickets are on sale today. We're helping to, uh, to manufacture um, a, a fantastic uh, organ, organization that will bring hope to our city. I get to be the president of the Unite Board, which is strange how they elected me the leader of all of it, but maybe it's because I'm Mexican. I don't know. I <laughs> said Mexican, not Mexicant, right? I believe we can do it. And God may say no, but we won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want you to be a part of that. Tickets are on sale now. We want you to, to show up. You may not believe that you are a leader, but if you have the spirit of Jesus Christ living inside of your life, you are a call to lead. And we want you to help change the city and be a part of what we're doing. It's gonna be amazing. For everybody else, let me pray for you and bless you as we go. Father, I pray that you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you all week long. In Jesus' name, and everyone said together, amen. amen. Our elders are up here to pray for you. If you need anything, God bless you. Have an amazing week.
0: Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at High LV, or you can check out our website at highridgelv.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support, and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week, and we will see you next time.